as always on a Sunday our panel's here to take a first look at your Sunday papers I'm joined this morning by Sheila Riley Head of Digital with Iconic News the regional newspaper group and former editor of the Longford Leader Good morning Sheila Good morning Susan And Orla Ryan reporter with the journal.ie Thanks for coming in to us Orla Good morning Susan Your first time with us Thank you We appreciate the early uh, alarm on a Sunday as I tell everyone they have a good run of the day once (laughs) they do this So we're going to start Sheila when I come to you first the front of the Sunday Independent has a story about the price of alcohol and it seems uh, there's going to be a bit of a clamp down on cheap alcohol. There certainly is, yeah. The heading on this is Cabinet to Fast Track Price Rules on Alcohol and this piece by Philip Ryan on the front of the Indo. Uh, the par- first paragraph tells us the government is set to fast track new laws to clamp down on cheap alcohol sales in off licences and supermarkets. So this won't apply to pubs as such. It, it'll, it'll apply to the to the shops essentially uh, and basically apply on wines, beers and spirits and it'll come into effect within a 12 month period. Simon Harris is going to uh, bring a memorandum to Cabinet uh, before the summer recess we're told in relation to it and it's in a bid obviously to reduce um, consumption levels of alcohol will in, it though? in this, this country. Will it though? This is what I always wonder. I mean if people want to drink will they just drink anyway? Well they probably will but I suppose it's based on the fact that Scotland introduced minimum unit pricing last year and they have seen a drop. It's worked. It has worked to an extent. Now they've seen a 3% decrease if you like which mightn't sound like a whole lot but I think it is kind of in the grand scheme of things. It's the first time that they've come closer to the rest of the UK in terms of their alcohol consumption. Consumption, it's down to something like 9.9 litres per per year per adult. I don't really know how that actually <laughs> works out, you know, or I, do we actually want to know how that works I out? I was shocked to read the statistic in that piece uh, from one of the doctors or one of the professors to say that if you want to fatally overdose on alcohol, it'll only cost you 10 euro. Like 10 euro buys you enough alcohol I know. to kill yourself. Well, yeah, we, what they're saying is uh, that even in the standard week, say, you know, standard, the, H- the HSE recommends, say, or it says standard units a male should consume is 17 standard drinks in a week. That You could consume that for as little as 8.49 at the minute. So when you think of it in terms of that, like it is, it is ridiculously cheap. And the reality is like, you know, like I read local papers across the country every week. They are full of court cases where people, you know, have got themselves into bother late at night. They're all drink related incidents. Not all. Drugs is a massive problem in rural areas as well. But certainly drink is still the, you know, the standout reason for incidents late at night. We see the kind of the high level of alcohol related illnesses in this country. It really is beyond time to address our relationship with alcohol. I actually think this is a really positive step, to be honest. It should have been done a long time ago. And it should be part of a bigger package in relation to a bigger scheme in relation to, you know, addressing alcohol, if you like, and also the wider issue of drugs, to be honest. And that was one of the points that was made in the aftermath of kind of the assessment of what was happening in Scotland is that, yeah, this is only one step because realistically, in order for it to be fully effective, you have to do more. You have to embark on a wider education package. I think it is a big step, though, because I think, and Orla, you probably agree with this, like most people now are drinking at home. Most people are buying their alcohol in supermarkets and off licences. People are probably buying very little drink in nightclubs and pubs. At least that's the way things have gone with all this sort Mm -hmm. of uh, pre-drinking that goes on. So I think it could have a big effect on younger people certainly I think uh, you could it could as you say there's lots of pre-drinking going on or a lot more house parties as it becomes more and more expensive to go out people are tending to stay at home or drink a lot before they then go out and drink more and the piece actually references a Healthy Ireland survey from 2017 which, which says 4 in 10 Irish people regularly binge drink and I think part of that binge drinking comes back to the fact as Sheila mentioned um, the units so say it's um, 17 standard units for a man in a week and 11 for a woman but most people don't know what a standard drink is mm. my so glass of wine 
wine might wine. be bigger than your glass exactly. of wine. It's not or the big massive fish bowl of wine that one might pour. Sadly one not. That's not it, that's not one standard <laughs> drink. So people, they might not understand what a standard mm. drink is and whether they realise it or not, um, they might just be having a few drinks every other night, but they're technically binge drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's one to see. So it is going to happen or at least the, the memorandum is going to be brought uh, before the Cabinet quite soon. That's on the front <coughs> of the Sunday Independent. Orla, another story on the front of the Sunday Independent this morning in relation to nursing homes and how some of them could face closure. Why is this? Yeah, so this is an exclusive by Maeve Sheehan, as you say, in the front of the Indo. Um, she basically details how 90 um, homes and centres around the country, they need renovation, they need improvement, but about half of those won't meet the deadline set by HICWA of next year to um, to bring in these improvements. So that um, puts the fate of hundreds of residents in jeopardy. We don't know what's going to happen in relation to that. So basically, um, these uh, issues relate to privacy and dignity of residents, overcrowding. There's an issue with lots of vulnerable people being on crowded dorms, for example, and fire safety compliances. So I think people, if anybody knows that a loved one in a nursing home, I mean, these are very basic issues that you feel like you want these things mm. to be met. I suppose a lot of uh, centres may be based in older buildings and they simply can't comply, so they need massive res- um, renovations or to possibly be moved to another centre to meet these levels of standards and that's just not going to happen by next year which is very worrying for yeah, families it's very involved. So 45 potentially facing closure. Yeah. And they've also raised standards about residential centres for people with disabilities and there's going to be a new tranche of inspection reports from HICWA out tomorrow so who knows what they will say. I think um, people in the media in general might be used to being those coming out and there's always issues, you know, it's never like we're all we're hitting all these levels. No. No, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a big worry for families I suppose to wonder uh, next year doesn't seem like very far away if they yeah, do have to absolutely. move. absolutely. That's uh, on the front of the Sunday Independent. Maeve Sheehan has that story this morning. Sheila, I'll come back to you. Broadband on the front of the Sunday Business Post again this weekend. Uh, mm. This war of words between AIR and the government, it's continuing. It is indeed. This is a real he, sh- he said, she said piece, if you like. Uh, AIR hits back and accuses government of inflating figures in broadband row. This is actually turning out to be a right barney, it must be said. This piece is uh, by Philip, or, or sorry, by Peter O'Dwyer and the front of the Business Post. The government is claiming that it'll take a bit. There's about 81,000 premises will face much higher connection uh, charges under if Aries bid got through. Air is maintaining it would be closer to around 9,000 and that's where it kind of it all boils down to. Um, Air has said that their government is overestimating by around 900% the number of homes that would actually have to pay more um, and uh, in the, under the current rollout the reason that they're saying this is under the current rollout um, of kind of around 300,000 homes that Aircom is doing at the minute, uh, the contract there is that it comes within 50 metres of the road. Uh, so that they apply the same rules if you like or the same contract to the, their proposal that they take on the national plan uh, you'd see the government says you'd see about 81,000 homes would fall into that would become non-standard is what they're saying uh, but basically air spokesman said that's just not true uh, that air replaced poles in the rollout in the current rollout it's, un- it's undergoing are they added new poles at no additional cost and that really you'd only be talking about 1-2% to 2% of rural homes being affected uh, in this way that they'd have to pay much higher um costs for connections so this story though it just rumbles 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 on like you say he said she said you're like testing the temperature of people mm. in rural Ireland all the time what like what are people saying about the well, broadband well everybody stuff? is sick of this okay we just want the broadband like sorted out is kind of the, the general at any consensus cost. no not at any cost and that is a concern and, and you definitely you would have seen that like the 3 billion cost does seem a huge amount for an asset that we're not going to have at the end of it like you know let's face it so there certainly is uh, 
merit in, I feel certainly in exploring errors, what errors suggesting here or errors proposal. They only, this came uh, forward or came before the Oireachtas Committee, the Communications Committee last week. Uh, it seemed to be a bit of a what? What moment? Leo Varadkar did an extraordinary like U-turn in 24 hours on it. If it's a of two billion, like it's should, phenomenal. they absolutely have to at least look at it. Well, of course they do. And I mean, Timmy Dooley is quoted in that piece as well. Like he's saying basically that we have to look at it. You know, I mean, you can't just walk away from something like this and not explore the options for the long term you know for a, such a long term scenario like this is something that's going to affect not just this generation but generations of people in this country how they work you know the ho- how their whole work life balance is, is operated how companies can survive and thrive in rural areas like just so much hangs mm. in the balance of this but certainly it is shouldn't be a, at every at any cost and as someone who lives in a rural area I say that you know I think that you can't just sign the cheque and say oh that's it now that's the problem solved because well in the history of this country as we know that's never the problem mm. solved you know that's usually just one part of the problem and there's a domino effect of 25 other problems after Orla would you agree with that Jo? I would definitely agree with that I'm from Sligo originally and as someone who spent some time at home recently <laughs> I can vouch for the internet being absolutely <laughs> terrible and if I had to work remotely I couldn't I just simply couldn't um, I think you've mentioned you've hit the nail on the head there people are sick of rumbling on and on but they're also probably quite confused about the figures I mean is it is it 1 billion is it 2.7 mm. billion and in this piece um, in the, the, the paper it actually mentions how um, the government is saying that 81,000 homes would have higher connection costs and they're saying no it would be 9,000 that's a 900% difference I think people are probably very sick of listening to this mm. figure that figure yeah, and there's I such think, a huge difference I think people probably can't marry how can there be that the discrepancy there's such yeah, confusion absolutely. well Peter um, O'Dwyer has that on the front of the Sunday business post this morning Orla we're going to move to the Irish Mail on Sunday uh, mm. a story about Fine Gael bullying John Lee it seems has uh, been speaking to a few insiders within the party tell us the detail on this yeah this is an interesting one and these claims have been uh, making headlines during the week um, as you may remember on Monday there was a meeting a Fine Gael meeting in Waterford that passed um, a no confidence motion in TD John DC and afterwards he came out and said there is a terrible culture of bullying in Waterford and beyond within Fine Gael. and one of his supporters the local election candidate Fiona Dowd has lodged a formal complaint on foot of that meeting saying there was essentially a mob mentality there um, so it, this in, as you say it's John Lee and he speaks to a number of councillors and people who have been affected by alleged bullying claims. The detail from this Meath councillor Paddy Mead is, yeah. is pretty frightening. That is, so um, Paddy Mead's car was firebombed last year and he says he was also assaulted um, at a party meeting and that some of his family members are now scared to attend party meetings, which sounds kind of incredible um, in a democracy that you'd be scared to go to your local Fine Gael or any other party meeting. So Fine Gael has come out and said, you know, they condemned the firebombing at the time and they said they will look into any allegations of bullying, but a number of councillors have come forward in this piece and said that the bullying is so entrenched and commonplace that just Fine Gael, that they're desensitised to it and they tend to only react if it's become public, if, if a local councillor goes to local media or like this, it's in the national media headlines and they'll come out and make a statement. Um, in the piece, John Lee quotes some people as saying that some of the behaviour would have embarrassed Sinn Féin. We're, we're used to hearing uh, many, many bullying allegations within that party, but it seems that it's, it's not unique to one party. Yeah, absolutely. A story I think that will uh, rumble on uh, this week coming. Um, Sheila, I'll come back to you. Beef is on the front of uh, the Sunday Times, EU beef, and in terms of concerns about this deal being done on beef and how it might affect farmers here in Ireland. Yeah, this is the Mercosur deal um, that has been struck uh, by the EU with uh, countries in this in South America, essentially Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay and Paraguay. It's been 20 years in, in the offing, but it now has finally been signed off just as this commission EU 
commissioner are due to finish up and it is hugely controversial all right and um, John Burns and Justin McCarthy have the piece on the front of the Times today and it says Ireland cannot stop this damaging EU beef deal and basically it's saying there that Ireland will be unable to be- to veto the deal it, that deal is going to see around it, according to the piece here nine, 99,000 tonnes of beef coming in from that South American block and that obviously is a huge concern to farmers and to the industry here and we can't that veto is impossible like you can't deal unilaterally like it has to be an overall we mightn't deal. be able to you see it depends on how it, the, how it's treated that if it's looked at um, if the European Commission say it's only a trade deal like a basically a trade deal then it won't go to the national parliaments but if they see it as a kind of a political that there's a political element to it then yeah it will become before the doll so it depends on okay. how that kind of so there's still a lot of stuff to be um, ironed out in relation to this uh, to this whole deal you know because there's a kind of a bigger picture at play as well you know and I, Phil Hogan was on the radio yesterday and he was talking about this saying you know that there's kind of six billion in other trade arrangements out of this deal as well it's going to have benefits for car industry for pharma he mentioned dairy specifically in that although I think the dairy sector are kind of a bit sniffy about just exactly what the benefits would be and drinks you know and the drinks industry so there is a kind of a wider package but there certainly is concern about how it will impact beef but the problem for I feel for the beef farmers in particular here is that this is such a small part of a huge huge trade package and we are only a small country in the EU now France have um, voiced their concerns I think Poland are all concerned Belgium as well so perhaps you know there is kind of there, there, there could be a block there that could be created in, in terms of um, tapering it down if you like or softening it but for certain countries yeah, what's Minister Michael Creed saying is he oh is he's he called it a bad deal for Ireland mm-hmm. you know and he was very vocal on that yesterday and I think he got a bit of a, a scutcheon at the at the Charleville show yesterday in terms of a, as well a farmers weren't weren't <laughs> short weren't shy about letting him know of their their anger over it you know and you see the sector it's a sector that is under huge pressure uh, anyway as it is you know even in terms of kind of the issues in relation to climate change mm. uh, and also in terms of the culture out there and just people eating less meat and all that so there is a kind of a huge pressure coming in on that beef sector as well they were promised a, a big EU package uh, Brexit package if you like that was the talk before the local elections and then after the elections they discovered that there was kind of the plan for the um, that there would be product re- or there would be production reduction measures in that package as well and that caused absolutely massive consternation at the time as well so it's a sector under phenomenal pressure as it is you know and for this to come on top of them um, is certainly not something that the farming organisations are going to take to, take lying down they're a hugely effective impactful yeah, lobby yeah. group you mm. know um, this is something that we are going to become hugely familiar with the ins and outs of this deal I feel in the next couple <laughs> we'll of all months know it. yes in and um, out loads of detail on that in the front of the Sunday Times um, as Sheila said John Burns and Justine McCarthy have that story now we're flying out of time but I want to mention uh, the story of the day huge news guys uh, on the front of the Sunday <laughs> Times let's talk about Brexit and the effect it may have on our chocolate I know now well, just I think no matter what happens in <laughs> Brexit this is the one that's going to send everybody could, over the edge this could finally be what I leads was pretty disappointed um, that to, they mentioned the Kit Kat. Like the Kit Kat's such a crap bar. Like, come on, uh, give me arrows. Arrows are in good. there as well. Oh, Susan. are they? Okay, yeah. I'll yeah. get on board for the arrows. What's the detail on this? 
Okay, so uh, this piece is by Colin Coyle and I love the star. Chock horror, it says. <laughs> and no deal Brexit could affect supplies of confectionery, Nestle has warned the Irish government. So basically what we're getting here is courtesy of an FOI, um, f- notes of a meeting that was held between um, the department, uh, Orla Quinn, the Secretary General of the Department of Business and uh, executives from Nestle in March. And they highlighted their Brexit related concerns about the importation of confectionery um, and other foods that are made in the UK, bringing them into Ireland and indeed to the rest of the EU. So it's not just us that are going to lose out in the Smarties. Apparently it could be everyone else, you know. Um, and basically their concerns are, are, are uh, go around kind of um, the imposition of tariffs, which is fair enough, we can understand that, requirement of health certification for some pet food products and frothy coffee products as well, apparently. Oh my uh, gosh, potential border delays. It's all coming, it's all the bad news this morning. <laughs> what do you make of this, Orla? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think uh, no more than the national broadband ban, people are probably quite sick about hearing about Brexit and on a more serious note, maybe the, the lack of knowledge that British politicians have in relation to Ireland or than Ireland the border so people might say this is a lighter story on the back of it but other people would be quite scared to hear that maybe yeah you can't get your Kit Kats some people do like them I your Kit Kats or your Arrows or your Smarties <laughs> this is the one that could bring people to the streets this could be it. people <laughs> could they could finally push them to get a deal we for will it. be out on the streets okay they've run out of time massive thanks to our panel for joining us this morning Sheila Riley Head of Digital with Iconic News the regional newspaper group and reporter with the journal.ie Orla Ryan thank you both for coming in this Sunday morning off to buy your Kit Kats and your Arrows now while they're Stock still up. on the shelves.